So this is, as you know, the time we celebrate the, the changing of a calendar, a new year come around. Um, just out of curiosity, we've mentioned resolutions and things like that. How many of you still go in for that? How many have a resolution of some kind in this year? Maybe to, to keep the house a bit more cleaner, maybe to, to grow in this area, maybe with your career or communicate with friends more frequently or be a better spouse, be a better parent just to grow in some way, maybe to shrink in some way. Uh, how many of you have some kind of a resolution? I thought I saw a hand or so. All right. Now, you don't have to raise your hands if you've already kind of broken that resolution. It's only day three, so I hope not. Um, as I understand it, it's pretty typical at a gym for the first two weeks to see this tr- tremendous influx of, of people at the gym. And then after a couple of weeks, the traditional kind of trickle away as people um, step away from that particular resolution. Uh, But that's this time of year. You look at your life uh, sort of the the same way that you would do with a new day is a new opportunity. A new year presents 365 days of of new opportunities. Now, flipping the page on the calendar, uh, waking up that next morning, as as people have been mentioning with the, the end of 2020 and the dawn of 2021, doesn't suddenly mean all of 2020's problems are going to go away. All the, the political issues, the, 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 the racial issues, the, the virus itself, none of that stuff's just going to go away because Thursday turned to Friday. But the same way that a new morning in our minds signifies a new opportunity to make the most of the day that God has given us, a new year does the same thing, to make the most of this new year that God has given us. So perhaps you have assessed Uh, Your life and your life in the last year, maybe things of your behavior, of your actions um, that you want to to change this year. And I think those are good things. They might be cliche. They might be, uh, you know, overly familiar, but it's a good thing to assess and evaluate and endeavor to be better. And when you look at God and his dealings with ancient Israel, for example, It seems God sees that there is significance and and good reason to find significance in the dawning of a new year. I think I've taken you to this passage before. Um, In Exodus chapter 12, if you join me there, Exodus chapter 12, I want to read verse 1. This is where God institutes a new calendar for Israel. Exodus 12 and verse 1. This is in the midst of some instructions uh, regarding the Passover. And in verse 1, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt that this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. What God is doing here for Israel is setting up a new calendar for them. Um, It's a new religious calendar, but it's going to ultimately be their new everything calendar. And it makes the month when they came out of the bondage of Egypt, came out of that enslavement to enter into their relationship with God. It makes that new beginning, the beginning of their year. So in their time, the calendar that was used celebrated the new year in the fall season. 
so the month of Tishri was the name that was generally given to that, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, um, in Jewish circles anyhow. But the time of year when the Israelites come out of their bondage in Egypt is in the springtime, in the month of Abib, or what they would later call Nisan. And what God is saying to Moses and Aaron is that as far as your religious calendar is concerned, um, it's going to be different from the, the secular calendar that the world uses. I'm going to give you a new calendar. And this month, when you go out of Egyptian bondage, that's going to be the beginning of new, your new year. It's going to make... I'm making all things new, and we're going to make this new too. Um, we talk about how you know the, the issues of 2020 aren't going to disappear when 2021 rolls around. It's this arbitrary marking of time, and, and yes, that it is. But this is one that God has decided to make for the people, that this is going to be the start of your new year, where it celebrates an anniversary of the start of your new life as my people, this new covenant that you have with me. So this new beginning for them. And from that point on, the Israelites always thought of the new year as beginning at that point in time when God had brought them out of slavery and blessed them in, in that grand way. And the whole point with all of that is that God wants them to make sure that they see what is happening right now as, as indicative of the most important and paramount thing in their lives. That is to say, their relationship with him. And as they would begin a, a new year and go through that whole concept of beginning and renewal and assessing uh, their lives in the past and looking at how things have been and how they want them to be looking towards the future, he wants them to think about God and how he's blessed us and the new creation he's made of us. Put that in the forefront of their minds. Similar to the way that we start every single week by focusing on Christ and his sacrifice and the things of God. They were going to start every year on the anniversary of when God set them free and made them his people. That too is something that we need to think about. Um, you and I aren't, aren't commanded to have any kind of significance with our calendrical system. We don't have any kind of a unique calendar as Christians. Uh, we don't. We're not commanded to keep track of, of our age as Christians and keep track of our spiritual birthday, so to speak. I know some folks who do uh, because they like that yearly reminder of, of this is the anniversary. We keep anniversaries, right? Uh, when you got married, we keep birthdays, that sort of thing. Keeping that anniversary of when they became a Christian and that yearly reminder of that um, all-important aspect of their life. Um, we're not commanded to do any of that as Christians. That's not a part of what we do uh, to follow Christ. But the same as a new day marks an opportunity to take stock of what, is, what stands before you, a new year does as well. To think about our lives, think about some things that perhaps we want to grow in, or change, do better with. And certainly the, the first and foremost, the most important thing that we need to think about is our relationship with our God. Same as Israel was supposed to. Just the way Israel was supposed to understand that point about God resetting their calendar and, and why God made a point of emphasizing it to them, we need to, to, to understand and emphasize it as well. In Ezekiel 18, if you'd like to turn there, Ezekiel 18, I'd like to read uh, from verse 30 and following. Ezekiel 18. 
In uh, Ezekiel 18, verse 30, this is what God's prophet says on behalf of God, speaking on behalf of God. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, declares the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed and make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. Therefore, repent and live. So what God wants the Israelites to understand is there's the change that they're needing to make in their lives spiritually. A massive overhaul that is necessary. Um, All throughout Israel's history, we're familiar, they're not the people that they should have been. And God wants them to finally see the need... And as each new year comes about for us, we can see the need to repent and make our lives right with him. Um, So I want to ask you this morning, this year, 2021, that that we've just begun this year. If you've already been doing some thinking on this, great, you've got a head start for this lesson. If not, let's take a moment now. What do you need to to work on? As I mentioned, you know, the the change of the year is kind of arbitrary. Thursday becomes Friday. That might have been just about all it was for you. So you're probably already aware as a Christian, there are things you always need to work on. I always need to be growing as a Christian, not just at the start of a year, set a new marker and aim for that. And then next year, I'll aim for another marker. We're always trying to push forward and grow in the races is always going on. So this isn't necessarily the the, the, um, first time in the last few weeks this thought has been on your mind. I certainly hope not. But New Year being what it is. A New Year's sermon, as it were, being what it's supposed to be. What do you need to work on? What is there in your life that needs to change? There are a whole bunch of normal things for which you can set some New Year's resolutions, and that's all all fine. Um, But in regards to the most important thing possible, and what defined the calendar for Israel being the marking of their relationship with God, how about that? about your faith in Christ Jesus, your unity with the Father, your service as a disciple of Christ, and all the things that relate to that. What might you need to work on this year? It may be for you as you think about your life, perhaps as you think about, uh, you know, the last, maybe just this past week, maybe several weeks, maybe for, for a few years now. You know you haven't been before God what you ought to be. You might know that your life right now is not right with God. For all outward appearances, it isn't. So that you know that there are some things that you need to change and to make your life right with your God. If ever you are going to resolve to do something, now's the time. And to really think about that. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the year that the Lord has made. But we don't know if there'll be another. It struck me as interesting, you know, going into 2020, um, just thinking about all of this, you know, with granddad passing, that 2020 was going to be the last year of his life. He wouldn't see another. And we know we're not guaranteed another. um, But sometimes it takes the death of somebody close to us to really make us think about that. To be mindful of the fact that that this life is temporary. And one day we're going to be gone. 
And eternity will either be our dread or our exalting hope. So maybe for some of us here, it's, it's my marriage that needs to be worked on. How I do as a spouse. And fittingly, we just had three lessons on being godly husbands and godly wives. So maybe this year I need to resolve to, to make sure that I'm the best kind of spouse that I can be. Now, if you're um, paying any attention at all as a Christian and a spouse, you know that's kind of something you've always got to be working on. You never get to take your foot off of the gas and, you know, got that one covered. No more required of me. But, again, New Year's, new beginnings, assessment and resolves. Perhaps it's time to put some serious commitment to that. To renew your concern about your spouse and your responsibility to them. And whether or not you are the godly husband or godly wife that we talked about in those, those lessons that our elders led us in. Maybe that's something you need to address. If it is, resolve to do so. Maybe there are some things that you've always thought you needed to do as a part of growing as a Christian. And kind of figured as the years went by, those, those pieces of the puzzle, um, those, those inches in spiritual growth would, would accumulate, and they really haven't. So maybe one of the, the, the rungs that you've been aiming for, you know, people will mark off the measurements of their growth, maybe the the marker on that uh, yardstick that you've been re- reaching for, spiritually speaking, is, is more time spent studying on your own. Maybe it's being more dedicated, involved in our Bible classes, in, in everything that we do as the people of God together. Um, is this the year that you need to make that change? Well, if you need to make that change, this is the year you have, the only year that you're guaranteed. So the answer to that question is, yes, this is. Being a Christian means you wear Christ's name. It means you're a disciple of Jesus, a learner, a student, a worker. That's what that means. It doesn't just mean I'm going to try to do what's right and not do what's wrong. It means you are a dedicated disciple of Jesus Christ. It's an active sort of thing. And also, again, disciple is, is a learner. So something that a Christian's got to do is commit themselves to learning God's word. Now, you're not just going to learn it all in the first couple of years of Christianity. Um, and so it, too, is something that you, you press towards the mark with every single day. And again, it's not just about, you know, I'm going to make sure that I know the right things to do and the wrong things not to do. That, that's, that's kind of getting by. And perhaps you've handled your Christianity in the past years in that way, in sort of a lax um, part of the group, but kind of on the fringe, making sure that at least I'm, I'm comfortable with the way that I'm living. There's not a lot of immorality in my life. Maybe I struggle with some sins here or there, but for the most part, I'm trying to do what's godly. But you're not trying to, to lead the pack when it comes to being a Christian. You're not trying to run that race so that you can win. You're just, um, what's the word? I can't think of the word. For runners, when it's not a sprint and they've got to pace themselves, pace themselves. If you're spiritually pacing yourself, now's the time to, to, to step on it and grow your faith. You don't know if 2021 is going to be the last year you see. For that matter, if January is the last month that you see. 
So maybe there's some things that, that you're, um, instead of not doing that you should be doing, maybe it is that there's some things you're involved in that you know aren't right. Sins that are still being allowed to, to have a hold on you. Things that aren't good. Maybe there are some things that other people don't know about you. Secret sins, but you know you still struggle with. And God certainly knows you're still marred by. That's something that needs to change. That's a resolution that needs to be made. The same way Ezekiel said in the the passage that we just read, you need a new heart and a new spirit. That's what's supposed to happen to us when we become Christians. That's what God said was going to happen. He was going to put a new heart in us, a new spirit in us, his spirit in us. But sometimes we try to, to, to I don't think the analogy works to mix spirits because that sounds like something else. But you understand what I mean. We try to have one foot into this world and, and one foot into the next. And here as we enter into this new year, what better time is there? What other time are you guaranteed? To really give attention to that and have the new heart and the new spirit that, that is supposed to signify someone who is made in God's image and now recreated in Christ's. Um, I asked a moment ago how many of you have made resolutions. Uh, about four or five hands that I saw. You know, I could think of a few reasons for why the other hands didn't go up. Maybe that's just not your sort of thing, and you, it's kind of a, you know, again, New Year, it was Thursday turning into Friday. And you know that you need to grow in, in many areas, so that's just constantly a, a, an always sort of thing. And doubling down on that when a New Year rolls around is just not a, an effective tool for you. Um, I can appreciate that. One of the things I admire most about Daniel, for example, is that when all the decrees are made against his faith, he doesn't, you know, suddenly start praying uh, double the times of day. He just keeps on praying and keeps on serving. Law or no law, he's faithful. Um, So I don't know if Daniel would have been the New Year's resolution kind of guy. Maybe that's the reason why you're not. Um, Or maybe it's just you've been busy and it slipped your mind. Uh, Or perhaps you've made those resolutions before, And like the gym that suddenly depletes of membership after January, those resolutions in your life were broken. You know how easily they're broken. And so you don't easily make them. Um, There's a reason for the running gag of New Year's resolutions being dumped by about mid-February. Because those resolutions are easily broken. This particular resolution that we're talking about, though, to make your life spiritually what it needs to be, that's something, of course, that's too important to dismiss. And it's supposed to be a resolution we already made, right? I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I repent of my sins. I have those sins washed away, and now I'm committed to follow him. I am resolved no longer to linger. There's a warning that John the Baptist gives when he's addressing Jews who were flocking to him in the wilderness. And as he's baptizing them in the wilderness, when he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And they're just coming to him uh, in mass at one point. And in Luke chapter three and verse seven, John said to the crowds that came to be baptized by him. So the folks who were coming out to him to obey this prophet's call. You brood of vipers, who warned you 
to flee from the wrath to come. We'll come back to that passage and finish it here in just a moment. But wow, John, why are you addressing these people like that? Uh, They're coming out to be baptized. That's what you're commanding them to do. Here they are to do it. And you greet them by calling them a brood of vipers. Um, I've seen uh, congregations um, uh, that where the, the dynamic is that they, they like the um, what, what we might call fire and brimstone preaching. And I'm not denigrating that, but what they like is that fire and brimstone thrown at them. Uh, the one sermon that I heard recently, he's basically just calling his audience of, of Christians a bunch of heathens. And apparently they, they like that. I don't know if it makes them, you know, they feel bad. They feel remorseful. So, you know, they can go out from here because obviously I care and others don't. And, and so I'm the kind of person that I need to be. Um, if people are in sin, then yes, they need to hear that. But it's just kind of a feature of this one particular guy's preaching um, to just just bash his audience. And apparently it's a feature of their character to eat it up. Uh, that's not what John is doing. He's not taking these people who are are coming out to to be baptized of him and calling them a brood of vipers so that they can feel good about themselves. Um, The whole point in all of this is that there's repentance that is needed. He goes on to say, bear fruits in keeping with repentance. This wrath to come is, is what you need to be fearful of. I'm warning you about that. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Here you are, you're coming out to get baptized, but make sure you're not just coming out to get dunked in water and put on a show and, and follow the masses and think that that's all there is to it. He says, do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. And this is, you know, kind of, kind of extra icing on the cake. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Which is John's way of saying, that doesn't make any difference. Repentance makes the difference. Bearing fruit in keeping with that repentance makes the difference. He says, because every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruits cut down and thrown into the fire. So you've got people coming out to John to be baptized, this baptism of repentance. I'm going to repent. I'm going to repent. And they come forward and they get immersed. But before too long, it's obvious weren't really repenting I mean maybe in some kind of an emotional moment maybe they're caught up with the crowd maybe they're just doing this to be what seems to be a a good Jewly thing to do Um, but he's talking about bearing fruit in keeping with repentance with recognizing that, that, that something needs to change So it's almost as if he knows he's got a whole lot of people that are saying, I'm going to do better, that already think I'm doing all right. So it's easy to say, I'm going to do better. To acknowledge what you've done in the past and resolve that you're going to be better, but but then to not really take that very seriously, sometimes as early as that afternoon. How many times have you been here on a Sunday morning and been just soaking in the spiritual atmosphere and the Word of God and, and singing songs of praise to the Lord and having your brethren in Christ right there with you, just enriched by every aspect of getting to be the people of God, praising God together and studying his word, only to leave this place and, and later on that day act in such a way that is not the fruit of, 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 a, of a penitent person, of a person of faith. 
And all the more then, it's, it's easy to say I'm going to be better and acknowledge that I've done things in the past and, and I'm, I'm going to do better and then just to break that, that resolve. And when it comes to saying I'm going to serve God and I'm going to turn my life around, a lot of folks can say that. A lot of folks can say that after a lesson specifically on it. Man, he's right. I really do need to be the Christian I said I always would be. And then go out from this place and have your mind distracted with other things. And suddenly, it's, since it's not right in front of you, it's just not as important anymore. And never actually bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So why is it that resolutions often fail? Why is it that people so often fail to, to do what they've committed to do, specifically before God? Um, what's the problem there? I think part of it is that we can sometimes talk big and let actual opportunities pass us by. That sometimes we like the idea of a thing more than we like the actual thing. Um, I have always loved baseball. Always played that as a kid. Um, now that, was, that was fun no matter what until I, I got older and couldn't hit the, the pitches that were coming at me. Um, sometimes got hit by the pitches that were coming at me and had such slow reaction speeds I couldn't either get out of the way or swing the bat and connect with them on time. Um, but but co-ed softball is still fun. So you know, all that stuff I liked. Um, football, sorry gang, uh, I think Ohio won a game. Um, not really my sport. Um, but there was one year in high school I thought, you know, maybe it could be. Because football was really big in, in our part of Kentucky. Um, basketball even more so. But, but football in small towns, no matter where you are, it's, it's, it's a big deal. I saw all the guys getting together, throwing on the, you know, the, the equipment and everything like that, and getting out there and you know, running and all the, the, the exertion and all the stuff and all that. And I thought, hey, maybe... It's probably not surprising to you that ultimately, deep down, I'm not a kind of guy. Um, so I made it through half of one practice. And that's with parents who would not let me quit something right off the bat, because that's not what you do. You make the child keep going. But they knew, yeah, this was never going to happen. Um, so I thought, I think I'd like to play football. I liked the idea of football. I liked nothing whatsoever of the reality of football. Um, it's easy to, to fall in love with the idea of changing your life and being a better person. And, and man, serving God in that exemplary way. Or whatever the resolution may be. But it really all boils down to the opportunity that you have in the moment. And what are you going to do with it? It's easy to talk big about stuff. But when it finally demands action, that's when you realize whether or not, or when you learn whether or not you're truly resolved. So at this point in time, at this moment, with this circumstance that I'm faced with right now that's relevant to where I'm trying to grow, what am I going to do? And when we're talking about serving God, when we're talking about doing better, it's not just enough to make that, that broad kind of general statement of, I, I, I want to be better. Um, you can't deal in generics. Many business meetings, church business meetings, have wasted hour after hour after hour by dealing 
in generics. We need to do this, and we need to do this, and we need to do that. All right, who's going to do it? How's it going to get done? Spending a whole bunch of really good ideas and never any actual steps to take, solutions, things to be handled. I am extremely grateful that when we have meetings together about the, the work of this church and things that we want to accomplish, our meetings don't go that way. We get down to the specifics. Okay, this is a good idea. Who's going to do it? What do we need to do to get it accomplished? And our resolutions work the same way. So specifically, at this moment, I have this opportunity. Before I've been thinking, I need to do better with this. Here's this. It's right here. What am I going to do? So if your situation is, I have not obeyed the gospel and I need to obey the gospel. I know I need to obey the gospel. Here's your opportunity today. Are you going to obey the gospel? Or is it talk? If you're determined, I have not been the Christian I need to be. I'm going to do better in regards to my faithfulness before the Lord, my study of his word, my commitment to share the gospel with others. And then, of course, my attending and worshiping with my brethren. I'm going to make sure that I'm doing those things. Uh, I'm not just going to kind of slough it off and try to be an overall decent person. I'm not just going to walk into worship service and, 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 and not have prepared for the things that we're going to be a part of. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to show up for the, the, the Bible class and all of that, but I will make the worship and blah, blah, blah. If you're making the commitment to be better than that, well, then next week we've got another service. Wednesday night, we've got a Bible class. That's it. That's your opportunity. Are you going to be there or not? It's so easy to talk big. I am a pro at that. And to talk generics, but in the specific moment, in the specific opportunity, it's easy to ignore what's been said and just kind of let it pass us by. So maybe you're trying to be a better wife or a husband or a parent or a child or just a better friend, maybe a better uh, brother or sister in Christ. Today's your opportunity with your spouse, with your family. What are you going to do with that? And maybe if you're like me, you got to get specific. Here's where I need to be better. Here's what I'm going to try to do to be better. And look at that moment. You know what opportunities are going to arise in your family dynamic. You know each other. You know how the days go. You know where you fail as the day goes by. Where are you going to step up and fix that next time? So why do we fail to keep resolutions? It's because they're easier said than done. And the difficulty of that moment is the deterrent that, that, that wrecks even the... the, the the best of intentions in those resolutions. It's easy to say, I'm going to change. I'm going to be what God wants me to be. Especially when you're here surrounded by your brethren and immersed in worship and study. It's hard to fulfill that resolution. Maybe when the alarm goes off on Sunday morning. Maybe when your coworkers want to have a discussion you really shouldn't be a part of. Um, maybe when Saturday comes around and you don't have your class studied for. Or maybe when there's an opportunity to, to, to show forth Christ to a person, but it is easier to be quiet. I don't suppose there's been any studies done to this effect, but most resolutions seem to be made outside of the moment of difficulty. And when that difficulty arrives, that's when I have to appreciate the the. the the changes that are necessary, the, what I've evaluated, what I've assessed and recognized that at that moment, 
it is going to be difficult for me to do those things that I need to do. That's why I haven't been doing them before. But now's the time. So maybe it's the temptation that you've fallen prey to many, many times. It's really easy when you're surrounded by the people of God um, to say, I'm going to be godly. I'm not going to fall to that anymore. But when you're in that moment that's pulled you down all those other times, that's when that temptation is there. That's when it's difficult. Not really all that surprising. That's how it's been. And that's when many decide to ignore their resolution. And so that's what this new heart and new spirit that Ezekiel's talking about, that's when that comes into play. That's when I have to make that determination of, okay, here's the moment. And yes, it is as challenging for me as it has ever been. And perhaps even more so because now I know I can't go back that way again. But now is where my words are either going to have real meaning or just be talk. And that's what John the Baptist is talking about when he says bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So this is a new year. And perhaps with the fresh start of 2021, you've got a a new week right now, tomorrow a new day. Uh, Today's still pretty early on, so we'll call this one new too. You've got a new year, a new week, a new day. You've got all these opportunities and reasons to make the commitment that Ezekiel was talking about, to have that new heart and new spirit. And whatever excuses have been made before, to, to thrust those aside and take advantage of the opportunity that you have right now and do something with it. So I want you to think about that as we're entering this new year. Um, I have changes I need to make. Uh, Probably more changes than I'm aware of that are going to require some growth first so that I can then be aware of the additional changes that will need to be made. Um, You likely know a lot of the changes that you need to make. and Whatever they are, I hope you'll resolve to make them. And may God help us not to do what so many do where we make a resolution and nothing more. Let's take the opportunities to, to make the change and make it and pray to God that our heart and our spirit will be renewed that he will give us the strength and the determination and the faithful commitment to be who he would have us to be and if for you that means responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ perhaps repenting of having set aside your commitment to Christ then now's the time to do that now's the moment I hope you won't let it pass you by I hope you'll take advantage of it while we stand together and sing